What is going on, guys? Welcome to the Football Talk Podcast, episode number one. This is a podcast uh, which is host- co-hosted by Gian as well. Hello. Gian, can you explain what this podcast is about? So, pretty much every day from now until the end of this fantastic tournament, the World Cup, we're going to be reviewing the matches that just occurred, looking ahead, looking at some news and insights into the tournament, and just giving our opinions on what has been going on in this tournament in Russia. And yeah, we may continue this after World Cup, don't know yet. But let's get straight into the first episode of this podcast. So main talking points from yesterday's match, which was Russia against Saudi Arabia. A massive win for Russia. 5-0 over Saudi Arabia. Gian, what are your thoughts on the game? I think the f- Let's just discuss this a bit. Yeah, the first reaction of everybody is, I'm surprised how good Russia were. And I mean, no, it, it's not. It's not that they were good. It's that Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia were that was bad. shit. Yeah, I'm surprised how bad Saudi Arabia were. That that's the thing that's got me. Uh, there's this moment in the game where um, I think it was the captain, even was one of the center backs. Uh, he was under no pressure. He just passed the ball to the other center back, and the guy just like he didn't get it. He just went out for a throw in, and there was basically no substance to what Saudi Arabia did. I think they had like no shots on goal. For the entire they game. They had one shot. Yeah. I'm pretty sure one they shot. had one shot. And, yeah, yeah, it's horrible. And uh, when you look at sort of how Russia played, Russia were very defensive and conservative for, I think, as soon as they went up 1-0. Because they went up pretty early and they just sort of sat back. And Saudi Arabia expect to be the ones doing the sitting back. And Russia just like, we're not going to take any risks here. You know, just gets in their defensive structure, let Saudi Arabia have the ball, and then just pounce on them when you have the chance. And that was very effective. Uh, so what's interests me now is sort of how they approach the Egypt game. Because if they're defending against Saudi Arabia, surely they're going to be doing the same thing against Egypt, but surely Egypt will be doing the same thing against them. So I think the Egypt-Russia game could be really important, and it could be really low-scoring. Like, I think it could be the tournament's first nil-nil when it eventually rolls around. I think it could be really sort of sullen and, 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 and boring, and then it just depends who defends better against Uruguay, from what I can see. So I sort of see no hope for Saudi Arabia. After this yeah, performance, that I, was I agree really, with you on that. Um, but I mean, when I was when I was looking at that game last night, um, Saudi Arabia they had more possession. Yeah, and what th- what they were doing with that is they kept waiting. What they were doing the whole time was they're waiting for Russia, the Russian defense, to make a mistake, and then they would pounce and try to get a. That's when they got their first shot. They were like patiently passing it around, watching for watching for uh, the the defender's movement, and then they would cross it in and try to get a goal and that was the only good opportunity they got they were very patient with the ball waiting for uh waiting for the perfect opportunity to break down the russian defense but it rarely happened in that game it only happened once and that was their one shot and they would always just pass the ball around you know they're they're very they had a lot of possession but they didn't do much with it and that's pretty much why russia won and talking about uh the first goal russia got it was what in like 12 minutes into the game yeah 12 minutes in and after who headed it in uh, i think it was um uh, it wasn't Golovin. Uh, I should have checked this. But basically, after, as soon as that goal, as soon as that goal's gone in, it's it's pretty much done for them because yeah, because you know Saudi just wanted to to play the long ball and play on the counter attack, and they didn't get the chance because Russia sort of knew that and like okay, we'll score early and we'll do that to you, and then they were just really caught off guard. Um, yeah, and, and then Churchev before halftime. Oh, that was that was really you know, important. Yeah, that think, killed the game. Yeah, that was important. I, I'm I'm pretty sure Churchev had the best game of his his life. Yeah, uh, I feel bad for uh, 
Alan Zagoev went off with a hamstring injury after. Yeah, he went off pretty early. That was a problem. Everyone's uh, talking about uh, Alexander Golovin. I think he could be one of the players that gets a big transfer. Yeah, he was the the one that scored the free kick. The free kick, yeah. Yeah. He could get a transfer after the World Cup. He looked. He looks very good. I think he plays for CSKA Moscow right now. He could. He could be really good and get a transfer at the end of this World Cup. But um, but when I was watching that game, though, in my opinion, like even yeah, Saudi, like you said, why everyone's talking about how uh, Russia were that good, and um, it's actually how bad Saudi Arabia were. But I was watching it. It didn't seem like fast pace at all. Oh yeah, that for sure. It was. It was. It, it was really slow. Yeah, I went it to was a really slow type of football. Uh, the day before, so on Wednesday, I went to watch a Thai league, uh, Thai uh, league cup match. In the stadium, and I thought that that quality of football there was was higher than Saudi yeah. Arabia's football. Yeah, I Same. thought. I thought honestly, was... when I was first watching, it was such slow paced game. I I didn't think I was watching a World Cup match because it was it was just it was just completely and it it was from, it was yeah. most mostly Saudi Arabia because Russia Russia yeah. didn't want to control the pace. Russia yeah. wanted to just yeah. sit back and take no risks. And they let Saudi set the pace of the game, and then you saw how how poor it was. <laughs> So I, th- I think it, it was it was well done by Russia, sort of well played. They didn't take any risks and they got their reward. Um, but that what worries me is like when they come up against Egypt and both teams are going to just sit back and try not to do anything. That could that could get into a bit of a worrying uh, because that that could be a bit of a defensive game. So we've got to wait and see what happens there. But so far Russia are on the right track in results. Yeah, I mean. We went with a two-one prediction for that game, but five-nil. Yeah, it, Saudi Arabia were that bad. Um, but then again, looking forward now, uh, Russia with with a five-goal win against Saudi Arabia definitely good for their goal difference. Mm-hmm. Which makes me think they're actually going to go in. I think as of now, I think they're going to go yeah. in. At, I think Egypt are going to go out because. Um, yeah, that's. They, I thought. I think Russia will finish second, and Uruguay will top the group. I think it's going to come down to goal difference because between yeah. Egypt and Russia it could be a draw, and both could lose yeah. to Uruguay. So I think it's going to come down to goal difference, and if it does come down to goal difference, um, Russia are in a much better place. Because however, Mohamed Salah is fit for that game. Yes, he's fit for today against Uruguay as well, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. That, that so, could help, but yeah. I don't think they're going to hit five against Saudi Arabia. I think Saudi will learn from this at least a little bit, and Russia could end up going through on goal difference. Because this a five-plus goal difference after one game is basically like an extra point. Like, when these two teams play each other uh, in the next in the next round, uh, in the next group stage round, Egypt are going to have to attack them. Egypt are going to have to come at them because Egypt, a draw won't be enough for Egypt, you know? Because if they get a draw, it's like, okay, now yeah. we've got to go beat Saudi 5 0 on the last day. Or hope Uruguay beats Russia 5 uh, 0. Neither of which I think will happen because Russia's yeah. defense is just too strong, as you saw. They just sit back and they don't and take Saudi any risk. Ra- Saudi Arabia have learned from that last match and they're not going to. Ex- yeah. concede 5 again. They're going to lose, but they're not, they're not going to embarrass themselves again. Yeah, so I think that now. When that game comes, Egypt need a win, and that's going to play into Russia's hands. So this is the perfect start, and this, uh, not just the win, but the goal difference they've gotten because of the win could end up carrying them to the next round. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's the first. it was the first match of the World Cup. Russia are the hosts. So they were inclined to win the, um, this match, and if they did lose, it would be a huge disappointment from the fans. Uh, but they, the but Russia gave the fans what they wanted a five nil win, one of the biggest World Cup wins, uh, 
one of the biggest wins in uh, first match, right? I think it I is. Think, yeah, the, the, the biggest yeah, opening six, day six, win. No, no, no. I think, no, no, no. I think uh, Sweden against Mexico fifty-eight was like a six-nil win. I'm not sure. Something oh, okay. like that. Mm. So, it's one of the biggest opening uh, match wins. But now, shall we start talking about the other games coming up? Yeah, sure. Let's go right ahead to that. So you don't have anything else to add for this? So you got Portugal and Spain. Uh, no, nothing else. That's that's right. it. Portugal Spain. So the Portugal Spain game, the one that everyone's excited for. I don't know what it is, but Spain they always start off their World Cup campaign with a hard match. Last year, uh, last World Cup it was Netherlands where they lost like what didn't yeah. they lose five one or something like that? Yeah. So Spain always they have, lost like five five one four one yeah it's yeah. very they always have a they always have a tough mm. match in the in the start of the World Cup and the big news with Spain obviously all the their news manager is about getting Julian Lopetegui yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so about that it's a good place to start uh, with Julian Lopetegui is that I think it was it's a bad decision from Spain to let him go a few days before the World Cup obviously. Uh, they've hired Fernando Hierro, who is the sporting director of uh, the Spanish national team, uh, to come in and be the coach of the tournament. But, like, Lopetegui was... He's the one who's been working for two years to make this formation work, to make this team work. Even if this guy, uh, Fernando Hierro, has been sitting around watching him and being the sporting director, he's still not going to be able to walk into the team and do what Lopetegui did. So I think, really, you have to hope that the work he's already done is, is good enough. Uh, to, to, to carry the team. And I think this could end up being the reason why they don't make it in the final stages of the tournament. I think they'll definitely get through the group stage still. The, the talent and quality they have is too much. They've, uh, they've got a captain in Sergio Ramos who's experienced, who'll be able to pick them up and motivate them. I think they'll be fine. But it's sort of a wild card thing you'd never expect to happen. And what's gonna, how this is going to affect them is that in crucial games, his sort of... his thought process and his ability to, to assess teams and come up with like tactical decisions on the spot, uh, that's what's going to be really missed. So I think Spain will feel the effects of him leaving in like the quarterfinals, semifinals, or finals they make it. That's when they'll really feel the effect of him leaving. Um, I think it was uh, a bad decision from Spain because we've had people in past World Cups uh, that have already had club jobs lined up after the national team. Look at like Antonio Conte, for example, yeah, Con- who, Conte got to, last year. who got to the quarterfinals despite having Chelsea already lined up. Uh, Van Hal in the 2014 World Cup as well. Um, yeah. So it's happened. There's a. It, it's not like out of the ordinary. I think the reason Spain fired him was because he did not tell them about it beforehand, which to me just sounds like ego. I mean, it, it, the guy's ego was like, okay, nah, nah, that's been hurt. He's treated Real Madrid in a certain way. And I think this could end up... The, the failure to tell the Spanish FA about it, I think, could end up ruining his career. Because he's not going to last long in Real Madrid. Nobody's going to last yeah. long in Real Madrid. It's no hard. one can replace what Zidane has created yeah, in Real Madrid. Yeah, it's going to be really hard to replace Zidane. Like, you look at how difficult Moyes felt in replacing Sir Alex. Sure, I mean, of course, um, Zidane isn't, hasn't been there that long. But I think he's one of the longest-serving managers of Real Madrid in the past 10 years because they usually are such short-term managers. So he's going to yeah. have a really hard time replacing Zidane. And hes I don't know if he's the right coach for, for that team. I think he could end up not making the end of the season. It's perfectly possible. He could end up winning the Champions League. It's also possible. But in Real Madrid, you never know what's going to happen. So I think Real Madrid are 
ultimately he's not going to last very long and he could be out the door and he would have lost the biggest chance of his career, which is to manage the Spanish national team. He's not going to go back there again. So that could be a real problem for him. I don't think it gets any better than Spain or Real Madrid in, in, in any job. And he's not going to be able to last long there. He's reached the top already and he's already screwed up. So that's a problem for a manager who's really talented. And now he's not going to get a chance to to see the the ends of his labor, if you will, for the past two years. Yeah, so then uh, all of that said, looking into this game, what do you think uh, will happen in terms of scoreline, how the Spanish players uh, fare? You think they're, they will be motivated enough to actually go out and try and beat Ronaldo's Portugal? I think Portugal is the, 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 the worst team they could have gotten right now because the rivalry between the two countries and if Portugal do get something... That could really mess with Spain's confidence. I think Portugal is the the hardest team they could have gotten right now for the, because of their particular circumstance. I think I know exactly how Portugal is going to play. They're going to sit back. They're going to have Andre Silva, Bernardo Silva, and Ronaldo be a front three. Everyone else behind the ball. Try to just, you know, close the space for them. And um, I'm worried about if that does happen and Spain starts struggling at the beginning... Is their new manager experienced enough to start changing things? And I, I think the answer is no. He's only had a couple of jobs in management for the Hierro. I think he managed at Real Oviedo most recently. Uh, he, yeah, he's not, Real Oviedo was the team. Yeah, he's not very experienced. He's not. I don't think he's going to have the same sort of ability to change things on the spot that Lopetegui would, and that's going to cost them because... Um, Portugal and their uh, their coach Fernando Santos has perfected this. You know, you saw them winning the the Euros by just frustrating teams. Just frustrated France for 120 minutes, and they got their result. Um, and it could be a similar dynamic here. And Deschamps couldn't deal with it. I don't think this guy Fernando Hierro will deal with it either. Uh, if they start badly, but if they can start well, I think they'll end up winning it. And I think they'll end up winning it two one to to Spain. Going to Spain. I think right now momentum is everything for Spain. They need to get good momentum if they want to start picking up points. Because even though they are a strong side, uh, with what's just happened to their team, look going to the matches against Morocco and Iran. I think they after if they come up, come off the Portugal game the loss, they will. I think they'll struggle against Iran and Morocco because. You know, Iran and Morocco, they're, they're not the worst of sides, you know. I think Spain need to try their best to beat Portugal today if they want to have some good momentum going forward into this campaign. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But that, but that being said, Portugal aren't the... They have, other than Ronaldo, they, they've got some decent players around them. <coughs> the problem is that you're going to have to find a way to make sure Ronaldo just... They, they stop Ronaldo because it's he's the one of the best players in the world and... Um, going up against him is going to be the, the toughest task for them. I think and Ronaldo Spain always, in this yeah. tournament will be even you know more lethal than he has in yeah. the past because he has uh, other players to play off of him. Like he's had yeah. Bernardo Silva, who has um, spent a year being coached by Pep Guardiola, so he's going to be a lot stronger than he was the last time out. And he's got Andre Silva up top as well, who can sort of you know take the defenses out and he can. You know, be the target man. The, AC the Milan player, player, right? Yeah, yeah, the AC Milan player. Uh, he can he can be a target man to sort of distract defenses. 
then I, I see Ronaldo having even more space and more chances because Portugal's have more players in the attacking third that, that, that uh, Spain have to worry about. So maybe they can't commit as many men forward as they usually would and Ronaldo might have more space. This could be a, a, a strong team for Portugal. But that being said, I still think that they're not going to make it really far. I think that really... Um, Spain or Portugal? Uh, Portugal. I think that the, yeah. the round of 16 could be the end for them if they get somebody like Uruguay, Uruguay. in the next yeah. round. I think that Uruguay... I, 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 yeah. I think, I think Portugal, while they have Ronaldo and decent players on their side... They're always missing something. Yeah, going forward. I mean, in the Euros, what do you say about that? I mean, I think in the Euros it was a bit, I hate to say, a bit lucky. Oh, very lucky. Yeah, yeah. Considering how well France played and those other teams, like like even Italy, Italy got a bit unlucky there. You know, they played, they had a decent tournament. Yeah, I think uh, the Euros were a bit of a mess, to be honest. Like yeah, you look the at Euros was just, yeah. You look at sort of the, the strongest teams getting really unlucky. Like Germany got a really questionable penalty against them. In the semi-final, when they played against France, uh, yeah. France again, you know, they deserved to win the final, I think, and they didn't. Uh, Italy losing on the the shootout. Uh, so a lot of really good teams knocked themselves out really early. And you look at Portugal's run to the final; they had Poland and Wales. Right? They beat Poland in the quarterfinals and Wales in the semi-finals. Like you just kind of look at that and be like, Wales aren't even here. They aren't even in this tournament. Chris Coleman's managing in China now since then. And Poland are not gonna. I mean, they're gonna have a pretty hard group. Aren't even making it out of their group. Like you've got to think about that. I'd be like, okay, and look at that. Some other teams. Wales knocked out Belgium, uh, and then they ended up playing Wales. That's pretty lucky for them, I think. Uh, Italy knocked out Spain very early, and then they got knocked out as well. So they really had the easiest possible run to this final as you possibly could ask for, and that was. They're not going to get the easy run right now. They're already starting off more difficult. They've already got Spain to deal with, which would be more difficult. I think that if you get Uruguay, Uruguay are better than, than all the teams they played in the Euros except for France. So that that's going to be that's going to show that that victory was really down to luck and not down to skill. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on that. I think it's going to be interesting to see how Portugal fare. I think Argentina themselves are a better side than Ronaldo's Portugal. I think they'll Argentina will make it further than um, Portugal in this World Cup. But Ronaldo's hunting for that World Cup, considering uh, he's won the Euros, which Messi really hasn't won. I mean, he ha- he's won the South American Cup, has he? I think he has, yeah. Yeah, I think he's won it. But um, to end the old long debate uh, of who's better, Messi or Ronaldo... And Argentinian, Argentinians say that uh, Maradona is still better than Messi because Messi hasn't won a World Cup. Mm. Uh, so Argentina going into this, comparing them to Portugal, I think Argentina are going to go further. I would say if the Argentina are going to exit, it will be either in the quarterfinals or the semifinals. I see them getting past the round of 16 and maybe struggling in, sort of in the quarterfinals. Just adding on uh, to the Portugal thing, right? They didn't win a game in normal time until the semifinals. In the group stage, they came third place behind yeah. Hungary and Iceland. They came behind Hungary and Iceland. Yeah, that, and they managed ridiculous. to get out of the group because of how bad Turkey and Albania were. That's how they got out of the group. They came in the third place teams. Then they played Croatia, who they won 1-0 after extra time. And then they played Poland, who they won on penalties. And I was at that game in, in Marseille, and it was the most boring 
game I've Portugal, seen in my life. Poland. Portugal, Poland. It, it was the like really, really boring game. Uh, and sort of Poland just sort of sat there and had to stifle them. And that was the only game where Portugal had to take on the attacking position, and they did very poorly. And then you look at Wales. By, by the time they got to the semis, Wales were already probably well beyond expectations. That was pretty pretty phenomenal. They already got there, and then they beat them. And then France in the final. So really, I have I don't know if, if uh, Portugal could even make it out of the group, because they came third in the group last time. So then you've, you've got to watch... Uh, for their game against Iran, because, you know, Iran are managed by Carlos Queiroz, who is Portuguese, and he coached the Portuguese national team. Uh, and so you've got to watch for that game on the last day of the of the group. If, if you know, results turn out in a certain way, Portugal get, end up knocking, getting knocked out by Iran. I would not be surprised, but I think they, I they mean, should make yeah. it out of the group. They should make it out, but... They, I don't think they'll I mean, come first. That's the, I, don't think. I think let's start making some predictions for this match, uh, Portugal against Spain. I'm going to go with... Uh, I, actually, no, you go first, Gam. I'm still <laughs> sort of on the fence about this. I think Spain will win. Honestly. I think Spain I think Spain will get a... Hmm, I put 3-1 down in the uh, in this prediction game I'm playing. Uh, but I would go with a 2-1 to Spain. Yeah, 3-1 seems a bit steep, but I'll stick with it and I've already put it down. I tried to change my pick, actually, and it didn't work. Uh, so yeah, let's stick with a three-one. Three-one, all right. Um, so, anything else to add about the Portugal-Spain game? Uh, not really. <clears throat> I think that's pretty much it. All right. So, shall we move on? Yeah. So, what what game are we gonna focus on next? Uh, yes, the early game on Saturday: France versus Australia. France versus Australia. Australia really did struggle to actually qualify for this World Cup. Yeah, they had to beat Syria. And they actually did lose the first leg to Syria in playoffs. Um, they did win the next one, though. And it's important but, that the, the manager that bought them here, uh, uh, Postacoglu, who bought them to the tournament, uh, resigned after he qualified. And they hired uh, Bert van Marwijk, who took the Netherlands to the semifinals. Uh, to the finals, sorry, in 2010. And he was also coaching Saudi Arabia. And he took Saudi Arabia to this tournament before leaving. So... I think that could end up going against Australia. They haven't had much time to gel together as a team. And that when you look at these underdog teams in tournaments, um, the, the best thing they usually have is togetherness, and Australia just won't. They won't have it because they're just going to have to, you know, deal with changing their manager and all that. So I think... Yeah, and they already Australia could really struggle qualify. here. I think yeah, yeah, they they're definitely going to struggle because they struggled to actually even get to the World Cup. I mean, they did. They struggled a lot. Losing to Syria, who don't even have their own stadium. They have to play in Iran. Yeah. And their team is not even... They have a couple of decent players actually, there, but it's not... I think they played in Malaysia. I'm not mistaken. Oh, they played in Malaysia. Syria my, have my, to play in Malaysia for this entire tournament, I think. Okay, my bad. That's yeah. even, that's even yeah. crazier. That, that, I think fact, Australia yeah, has to travel less... Yeah. Than Syria did to get to Syria's home games. Yeah, they they had to travel less, and on top of that, they had more fans because um, Syria's not even playing at home. Yeah, and the fact that they struggled to beat a Syrian side, which is not too good, shows that they are going to struggle this World Cup against and, Thailand. They yeah. conceded two goals with a two-two draw. Uh, and they ended up getting a penalty, which is pretty unfair. So if they didn't get that, Thailand. Could have could have won that game. Um, and they offered so the, much space to, to yeah. players like Chanatip, and you think compare that to Mbappe, 
who's going to play the same role. There's no comparison there. Uh, if if they offered that much space to, to Thailand's creative players, imagine how much Britain offered France's creative players. That could really be a, a one-sided game. And I think this is one of the worst Australia sides going to the tournament, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. I mean, they have really they have that one of the youngest players. Like, there's a 19-year-old who's the youngest player going to this World Cup. But, I mean, uh, other than that, there, there's not really any standout players. I mean, isn't there a goalkeeper? Uh, they got their goalkeeper, Ryan, whatever he is. Yeah, yeah Matt, Matt Ryan from... Uh, Matt Ryan. From, from, They've from, got... Do they have... No, no, not... Uh, who's the who's their striker again? Uh, Chris Wood is New Zealand, not... not uh, yeah. Uh, Tim Tim Cahill is still there, and they've got Matthew Lecky. He is from uh, Hertha Berlin. Yeah, Matthew, yeah, Tim Cahill is still Matthew, there. I know, years I know old. Matthew Lecky. Yeah, yeah, Matthew Lecky. Like, there's no really standout. Uh, stars apart from Aaron Aaron Moy, who's been at Huddersfield. Yeah, Huddersfield. Yes, Aaron Moy. Yeah, we all. He's know. the he's only one I see to, there, and he's on. He's, yeah. he's only and uh, Yedinak at Aston Villa, but he's 33, going on 33. Um, one player I'm gonna recommend you all take a look at is Trent Trent Sainsbury. He played. Uh, he started his career actually, I think, in the in the Chinese Super League with Jiangsu Suning, um, and then he went to Inter, and now he's playing at Grasshoppers in Switzerland, which is a strange career path to take. But he's a really good player. I think he could end up starting for them, and he could end up being a very, very good player. Uh, he's someone to watch. But apart from that, apart from Aaron Moy, I don't see any names that really stick out. Yenenak is sort of a just a traditional defensive midfielder I don't think he's, a, yeah. he's not a game changer I think and, he, and Aaron Moy is the only one who can be a game changer but it's a lot of, of um, lots of put on him uh, in, in this team because this team yeah. can be defending most of the time anyways Especially, and they're playing against one of the best teams in the world France yeah so I, yeah it's going to be a tough task for Australia to try and actually beat France I think the only chance they actually have of, of actually no Looking at it, I think Peru will beat Australia. Peru, I actually rate them. Yeah, I think Peru could be decent and Denmark could be decent. I think that game will tell us a lot as well about who's in a better place. And that's like the ideal game for Peru and Denmark to have each other to start with because those are the two that are, I think, competing for yeah for the second, the second place, place spot, yeah. uh, slot behind France. Yeah. yeah it's definitely going to be an interesting, interesting match between... The two sides of uh, uh, Peru and Denmark, but going back to the Australia-France game, for France, this is just a chance for them to score a crap ton of goals and pick up a good goal difference and just solidify their first-place spot. Yeah, I, I think that this this has to they have to sort of play a very aggressive attacking game uh, just so they can get the goal difference and get ahead while they can. Uh, I think they will manage to do it. I think it could be a very um, big win for them. But also the thing for France is that they haven't figured out their best team yet. And they haven't figured out their best 11 yet. And the problem, the reason for that is because uh, Deschamps sort of picked the team based on the biggest names and the biggest stars. I think he did take enough time to consider how the players would fit together in a system together. You know, he, he's sort of just taken, okay, Lamar, big name, Mbappe, big name, Pogba, big name, you know. Griezmann, Martial. And, uh, Martial. He's taken all the, the the good, good players, but he hasn't built a team yet. So I think he's lucky that he's got Australia. Is Giroud going? Yeah, Giroud's going, and he could be an important yeah. player for them. Yeah, yeah, to win it. I honestly, yeah, yeah. in like difficult I, scenarios. I think Giroud 
is one of the most underrated French players. Yeah, he scored sure. a lot of goals for the national team. And in watching his goals in the Euros, the way him and Pogba link up, it's just yeah, it's incredible. And he's like, when when shit's going wrong, he's gonna be the one to get the. That he's yeah. the only one that shows. Yeah, while they do have a great player in Griezmann, I think Giroud. He's just he's a player you can. He's like their super sub. You bring him on when you're struggling, and he gets you the goal. And the way him and Pogba link up is actually it's beautiful to watch. I mean, I watched some of his goals. Um, from you, do you remember the goal he scored against Cameroon in the fr- in the friendly match? Uh, Did you see that one? No, I don't. I haven't seen that one. Well, it was uh, him and Pogba. The way that um, Pogba sort of like found a way to get past the defender, he crosses it in, and then Giroud somehow finds the ball and just volleys it in. Like the way they link up, both of those players is incredible. They have such good chemistry. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how they continue to perform in this in this World Cup. Yeah, and sort of uh, the the problem with France, though, is that they haven't got their team yet. I think it's this is the ideal game where it's not going to be too difficult for them and they sort of have time to iron out some strategies and get their team together for the knockout stages. But France are just by far the strongest team in this group. I don't expect any capitulation here. France probably probably steamroll it. I'm going to go 4-0 win. Yeah, I'll go with I'll go with four nil as well. It could really genuinely yeah. be that easy. Yeah, I think France will, no shadow of a doubt, roll over Australia and go with a four nil one. Sorry to Australia fans, I do I do like Australia. <laughs> but anyway, All next right, game, so, yeah, Denmark Peru. Yep, Argentina versus Iceland. This is one oh yeah, Argentina versus game. Iceland as well. Sorry. Wait, we can. So can we not? Don't do the other two games. It's too. It'll, it'll take too long. We'll skip the other two games. Just do Argentina Iceland. All right then. Looks like we're gonna do Argentina Iceland. Okay. So let's talk about Argentina and Iceland. So Iceland coming off of a great Euro campaign and an incredible World Cup <laughs> qualification campaign as well. They did beat the Netherlands. They knocked out the Netherlands. What place did they? I think I believe they finished yeah, second. Yeah, that is the, true. Yeah. They finished second. No, no. Did they finish first or second? Uh, I I'm tempted to say first. I believe so because they didn't do the I, I, they didn't I, I, play in the I'll playoff. I'll check it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did not play in the playoffs. Yeah, there was no play. I'll just give I'll just give it a check one second. Because um, I remember they had the Netherlands in their group, which they they beat, and they knocked out the Netherlands. Uh, they had some other big teams in there as well. Um. I think it was Sweden and the Netherlands that, that, that they had, and and, and they got the, and they know, finished. Yeah, um, they got first, and Sweden got no, second. No, it wasn't Sweden. Yep. It was it wasn't Sweden. It was uh, let me get this right here. Croatia. Turkey? Oh, Croatia. It was Croatia, and they, they 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 came first. Yeah. So how did Iceland get Croatia in in the World Cup group again? Oh yeah. <laughs> how does that work? Uh, I think it's it's to do with the uh, the seeding, uh, like. Croatia are a seeded team. They're one of the top eight teams, so they have their seeded, and then from there, that's all that matters. But uh, Iceland, no Croatia, so that could help them. Iceland, know what to expect. Yeah, Iceland do. Not, wait, did they beat? They beat Croatia in qualifying. They 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 won. They beat Croatia at home and they lost away. So, yeah, they won almost. I think they won all their games at home. Um, so the atmosphere is really what. 
makes them win their games. I think the atmosphere, the geography, the weather, all that stuff sort of plays into the, into how, why they win their games at home because they won every single home game. Um, but, yeah. Um, as for this game against Argentina, they could put up a fight. They definitely can. But I think Argentina is just too strong, you know. Uh, yeah, we, I Messi, think they've got the best coach in the... I mean, people talk about Messi. It's all about Messi, Messi, Messi. I think they've got actually... The best coach Aguero. In, in the tournament. They've got uh, Jorge Sampaoli uh, as the manager. Who I think is the the best manager uh, at the World Cup right now. Especially now that Lopetegui's been fired, he's probably the best manager at the World Cup. So I would imagine that they get a really get a really good result uh, in this tournament. I think semifinals at least uh, should be where they're aiming for, and this could definitely be a good start for them. Again, you know, the goal difference talked about that. And just like the France group, I think that this will... Argentina will be head and shoulders above the rest of the group. Like, you think France probably going to end the group with, with uh, nine points. I think Argentina could also end their group with nine points. Because Croatia, as, as good names as they have, they don't have a good togetherness. And Iceland... They don't play as a team. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? They don't play as a team. Yeah. And then Iceland is the opposite. It, it was, Iceland it's sort of, doesn't yeah. have big names. They play together as a team. It's, yeah. Kind of exact it's sort opposites. of like... I think Croatia are sort of like how Poland used to be. Because you remember, if you remember Poland back in the day, they had like a solid team. They just didn't play well together. And that showed really well in the Euro 20, in Euro 2012 when they hosted it. That really showed because... Poland, they just didn't play at what they had Lewandowski, they had Pizczek, they had so many decent players, but they didn't play as a team, and they lost what almost all their games in in the in the Euro uh, twenty twelve. I don't think they even made out of the group. It was they did ridiculously bad in that tournament, and that's just because they didn't play as well, well as a team. But you look at the Poland team now, Euro quarterfinal, uh, yeah, qualification for the World Cup each year, so. They've improved the way they play now, and obviously Lewandowski's got better as well. Uh, but they now they they play as a team. They play so much better together. Um, and Croatia, they've they've always had those big name players, Modric, Rakitic. But then you put them together in a team, and you watch you watch some of the Euros last year. Yeah, that Portugal game was just so boring. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is true. Uh, that was the most boring game I've ever seen, and then Portugal. Because both teams, they they, they were they weren't even uh, it wasn't very attacking. They were all just defending. I thought it was going to go to pens, and then Portugal come. Koresma comes out of nowhere, scores a late goal for Portugal. Croatia get knocked out. Yeah, so Argentina probably have a pretty a pretty. Um, I mean, Argentina have a pretty good path to the knockout stages, and I think that Iceland will not be easy. It could be a low scoring game. I'll go with a 1-0 to Argentina, maybe. I'll go with a 2-1 right. to Argentina. I think Iceland, they they want to get a goal for their fans. Yeah, true. But now, uh, what group is is uh, Argentina-Iceland in? Group D, alongside uh, Croatia and Nigeria. Alongside Croatia and Nigeria? Yeah. So if we look at the, 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 the groups... Uh, if Argentina are able to make it through, they could be either be playing Australia or I mean per- sorry Peru or not Australia, Peru Peru or Denmark in the second round. So yeah. that if, if they finish first and those teams finish second, 
And looking at France as well, they could either be playing Iceland or Croatia in the second round. So a bit of a tough task for both teams. I think Argentina should easily win that. And France, if they do get Iceland, they've beaten them once before. I think that they'd do it again. Yeah, I think so. I think that they, that France, if they got Iceland, uh, they'd be pretty lucky. Uh, I think that they're more likely to get Croatia, maybe, and that could be a really interesting game between it, yeah. France and, and 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 Croatia. That you could that could be a really high a quality of the high quality football match or a pick of the sixteen around sixteen. A repeat games. of the nineteen ninety nine eight nineteen ninety eight World Cup semifinals mm-hmm. yeah. when uh, Croatia. Uh, Unfortunately, didn't make it through due to some dodgy refereeing yeah. in that match. But overall, anything else to add? No, I think that's it. I think I said everything that needs to be said about this game. All right. Thank you for watching the first episode of the, uh, the Football Talk. Thanks for watching, guys. And yeah, stay tuned for more podcast episodes. We should have more out soon. Anyway, guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. And we'll see you in the next one. For Brazil, Switzerland? Yeah, Brazil, Switzerland. That's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see you in the next episode for that. Thanks for tuning in and peace. See ya.